When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by GoTime Bank. GoTime Bank is owned by the Gokong Wei Group, the same companies that brought you brands you love like Cebu Pacific and many more. GoTime Bank makes next-level banking a breeze with its convenient account opening process. It takes less than five minutes to get started via the free app. Plus, get your GoTime Bank Visa card at one of their kiosks for free. Download the GoTime Bank app today and experience the next level of banking. You may visit www.gotime.com.ph for more details. Also brought to you by Paymongo, the payment gateway for business growth. Paymongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, GCash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, Buy Now, Pay Later, and many more. All with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeekCap. SeekCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With SeekCap, you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1 million pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seekcap.ph, sign up, and apply for a loan now. That's www.seekcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeekCap. Finding the right talent is always like one of the main challenges. And as a founder, that's always going to be a challenge for you. People is always like top of your priority because you're only going to be as good as your team. Welcome to Hustle Share. 
the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. We finally got this girl to go in. Oh. <laughs> I've never had so many failed attempts to get a podcast. Like, we were already there. Then all of a sudden, the internet would fail us. So, screw you, Bagyo. The Bagyo that keeps on messing up uh, Jessica's internet because... Because of that, we, we've had to like reschedule several times. But finally, we got the million dollar girl in this podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Miss Jessica DeMessa of Kindred. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show, Jess. Finally, you are here. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. I'm really glad we pushed through already. (laughs) Sounds good. And again, we are joined by our very poggy Hustle Share premium member, forever member, Gab Abbott. But he will join us in a bit. Okay, she's just going to spectate and judge our lives. (laughs) But again, Jess, I'm very, very happy we finally got this done. And again, I need to ask you... It's not a coincidence, huh? I'm just going to ask you the million-dollar question. Jess, what's your hustle? Hi, yeah. Our hustle is, well, it's called Kindred. We're a women's healthcare venture in the Philippines. You can think of us as a femtech pioneer in the Philippines. And when I say femtech, it means addressing unmet needs of women like me. Nice. And again, super, super interested about uh, how you started out in kindred honestly i don't know much i'm not gonna pretend that i know much so i'm gonna coming in i'm coming in raw i want to understand how you guys do it but before anything else i need to ask you to buckle up real quick because we're gonna go all the way to mcx in the middle of nowhere i'm just kidding that's your zalora hustle we're gonna have to go all the way back and understand the origin story of jessica demessa but i need you to buckle up because we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine All right. And then uh, now I, I have a, a little bit of a context. So, again, through many foiled attempts, I kind of did a little bit of stalking already on your LinkedIn. <laughs> I've been through this page several times. So, Vic, I'm not a creep. I just tried to really look at it. So, Vic uh, of, of Craver's Canteen is Jessica's house bun. There you go. There you go. Um, I want to now understand your origin story. Growing up, again, the first thing that I've seen here is you're a registered nurse, right? But before you became a registered nurse, what was it like growing up? And do you have any type of influence that you've seen early on that you that basically your peg of hustling? Oh yeah, of course. Um, well, I was born and raised in the Philippines mm-hmm. and I come from a family of doctors and nurses. They are healthcare professionals. Also, my grandmother, Leti de Mesa, she was a doctor for the United Nations in Africa. Actually, um, she cared for women and children in Africa. And she's been, she's always been my idol. I I come from a very matriarchal type of family where the women are very Mm strong-willed also. That's why. And she's actually, my grandma was the one who convinced me to take up nursing as a pre-med, pre-medicine course, actually. Mm-hmm. 
So I studied here for a bit and I was on track to move and migrate to the United States. That's where most of, well, my dad is there, mm. my siblings are there, my my relatives also working in the healthcare industry, they're there. So that was kind of like the path that was laid out for me before. You know, when you're young, right? Like your parents kind of dictate what, right. what, what your core should be or what your path should be. So I was one of those cases, but I actually like ended up liking it a lot. And since I was little, you know, I looked up to my grandma who was also hustling and my grandpa, my parents, you know, they were they worked overseas actually. That's why I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. And so I think that's why. That's where my why is coming from. I really like to serve and deal with different kinds of people. Um, just like my my parents and my grandparents. So I think that's where it's coming from. Although I got sidetracked Ron working for startups for a long mm-hmm. time. It's the fault of a Paolo Campos, which we will talk about <laughs> there. Right. Paolo, we lost a great healthcare professional for a while because of you. <laughs> no, but yeah, but I want to understand a couple of things. Again, you see the hustle and the, you've seen this path paid for you before. But what are those skills and again, the, the, the traits of a great healthcare professional? Because again, I'll just go deep dive a little bit. Exactly a year ago, I broke my ankle. Okay. And I was on crutches for a good 10-week stretch. I oh had God. this screw in my fibula and my tibia for a while. Right. So it was very that was a that was a bummer. And that's where I really I mean, I, I really understood already the hustle. I've been as you grow older, you realize that you're gonna have to be a suki in the hospitals more frequently, right? Through uh, executive checkups, whatever, whatever that is. And the worst being again, uh, the worst that can happen, which is someone passing away. And recently, I just, again, go th- went through that with the passing of my co-founder, Joseph, right? But I just have nothing but utmost respect for every healthcare professional about the dedication and the hustle that you guys push through because, man, the first thing that goes out the window in healthcare is time. You have yeah. no control over that. So I want to understand from being the kid in the family where everyone's a healthcare professional, how did that impact you and how did you see that grind? Because some people might not understand why is my parents not home all the time? Why are they like that? What was that like? What was that environment like? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that made me also very independent in a way that like I understood the, the hustle and what it takes because I think for you to be a healthcare professional and from what I've seen from my family as well and my own personal experiences is you gotta really love it. Like you gotta really love what you're doing because we were talking about when I was working in a government hospital before, you know, the ratio was like at that time, you know, one is to 40. <laughs> you, you, you care for, okay na yung parang 20 patients in, in a day yung rounds mo, pero minsan 40, 50, kasi nga government hospitals, right? So it's really jam-packed. And I'm talking about like, 16-hour shifts, for oh example. My God. Right? Like, hindi ako makaka-uwi until, hindi ako makaka-uwi until meron akong kapalit. Holy shit. Like, pag hindi pa dumadating yung kapalit ko, 
how can I leave? I can't leave my patients. Wow. So that made me realize, especially nung pandemic, syempre hindi na ako nagpa-practice during the pandemic right. because I was away for a long time. But that's another story. Mm. But during the pandemic, I realized yung nakikita mo sa news, yung how overwhelmed the hospital yeah, yeah. hindi lang siya nangyari. I guess at the height of the pandemic, of course, it's it's very obvious. It's a big problem. Pero right. before pa siya nangyari. <laughs> like, it just got magnified during the pandemic of how important. It, 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 it got magnified during the pandemic. But even before the pandemic, our hospital workers are already at max capacity even oh before. God. And can you imagine, I don't even want to say here, but like the pay is... Yes, I heard. Like, I, I can't like talk a lot about it here, right? But like I was all, I was super negative before. Like I was even the one paying paying on my own to like be there at the oh hospital. Oh my goodness. It's really like that. So if you're going to, if anyone listening wants to, like is aspiring to be a medical professional or a healthcare worker, it's a lot of dedication, right? Like you, you of course, got to really have it in your heart and it you really need to have what it takes, like a lot of patience and determination um, and that you've got to really love what you're doing or it, it's hard to survive this Absolutely. industry. And I can just imagine that, Brian, 16-hour ships as a startup founder. I mean, it's similar. This the, the, the mental punishment that you put through. Here, it also has a physical punishment aspect to it because it's not like you're just going to sit around in an office. You're literally tending to people that are sick, that you know need your immediate help. And of course, for sure, that will translate because you're already used to that grind when you, you turned into an entrepreneur. But I, I want to understand as well. So, okay, you've seen this at home. You've seen the grind, but when you, again, kind of had the path paved forward, you had a jokoy problem that everybody is going to be a nurse in my family. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Exactly. That's a classic like example of jokoy for sure. Exactly. I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) It's personal deal. Everybody's going to be, okay, everybody's going to be a nurse or a, a doctor, right? So when it was your turn now and you went through the same grind, you said you got to love it. How close were you to giving up? And how did you keep coming back to really want it? Because again, all science and practicality being present, it's not practical to have to pay to be an intern, to be to, to do rounds and all that. What did you discover about yourself and, and the, it, during that grind? And what are the things you've learned also that was still in you until now? From when I started working in um, public hospitals and private clinics until now, mm. it's still kind of like the same and and kind of like that's the center of why I do things is that I saw that many things are broken, even at the basic level, even the foundations are broken, right? Like, And when you say, for example, if you even talk about women's health to be more specific, that doesn't really exist, right? Like right. they're like, what women's health, what, right? Mm. Um, there are no specialized services around that available um, anywhere, not everywhere, right? And I realized there's a lot of things that me and my family needs. I went through my own personal experiences, my own medical issues, problems, healthcare problems as well. Um, and I thought comparing that to what's happening outside the country, 
you know, when I travel, when I lived abroad, I li- I lived overseas for like eight years and I'm able to compare that, mm. right? Like I'm able to compare what healthcare workers are experiencing here and what patients are experiencing here to the experience in a more advanced country. Like when I was living in London, when I was living in Singapore, of course, more, more expensive there, but they had solutions for everything. Yeah. I've woken up to these issues very early on because of my family also, of the right. things that I learned, learned from them. Mm-hmm. So I've carried that on with me until now. And that's the reason why even if I came from working at different startups for 10, more than 10 years already, that I still have that unfulfilled mission, like unfulfilled personal mission to make things better um, for myself for my family, for my friends, and part of nation building also. So that's also why Kindred was born. That is amazing. And that again, that's how you know you're you're meant to be a founder. Because when you're trying to solve something that's not personal to you, it has oh, to be personal. Right? Yeah. If, it, if it's not personal to you, there's so many occasions where it's just the, the easy path was to give up. For right. example, Ron, I, even even not just from my personal experiences, but like patients that I've cared for before. Yeah. Um, for example, um, a whole lot of cases like this. Na sa hospital, she na hospitalized young girl because she tried to terminate her own pregnancy. Oh my god! Malami akong cases na na encounter like that, and when I was young, I was. I couldn't understand it as a young nurse. Of course, I understand it now, but like as a young nurse, I couldn't understand why, why would you do this? Like, why would you? And now I understand it's lack of education. Wala nga tayong sex ed in school eh. Paano tayo? Do we even like try to think about different types of contraception and and preventing unwanted pregnancies? And then the the culture, right? Like, and we're a predominantly Catholic country. So, syempre, you want to take matters into your own hands. That's what you think about as a young girl, a young, uneducated in terms of health, low, low level of awareness in, term, in terms of health education. So, para naturally for them, okay, I'll go to the black market. I'll buy this, I'll buy this pill and, and, and this will solve all of my problems. But they don't know that they can ask for help. They, they are too shy, too ashamed to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And now I understand those things working with our kindred doctors and the patients that we have. Mm-hmm. I'm able to understand that deeper, what I've seen before as a young nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, what we want to happen is we don't want them to end up at that point already. And actually educate our community about different forms of contraception, mm-hmm. right? Like talk to your doctor, get your annual checks also, yeah. and stuff like that. So a lot around community building and nation building is where um, where we're starting, actually. That is amazing. And now I'm super sold. I'm super sold on why I want to tell this story. But I want to understand. So I'll just uh, breeze through this, uh, your LinkedIn again. So you started... As an RN in Las Piñas, LP, okay. Then you you did the thing in Lung Center. Is this a, a government hospital that you were talking about? Then? Oh no, you're right? you're revealing the everything. I, I read this several times already. <laughs> okay, and then the the next one is again. You went to uh, Asian Institute of Longevity Medicine. I want to understand. So okay, this this nursing grind that we now hear is not uncommon. A lot of our best nurses have went through the same grind. 
underpaid. That's why our best nurses, they aspire not to serve here because they ain't going to get paid here properly. That's why our best nurses, our best exports are nurses around the world. Okay, there's no hospital in the world that doesn't have a Filipino nurse. 25% of the nurses supply come from the Philippines, like globally. Yes, exactly. So imagine, so if you have a Rayuma somewhere in the world, for sure, <laughs> just look for the Filipino nurse. <laughs> there will be a nurse We're waiting for you. But okay, that's a whole other problem and probably we can discuss that later. But Jess, you mentioned that at one point you went overseas. Is that the primary reason why you went overseas? And walk me through that because I don't see that in your LinkedIn at the moment. Yeah, I was planning to actually migrate to the U.S. right after passing the NCLEX exam, which is the licensure exam for um, whatever state um, you're going to work in. For example, I applied to the, um, my my license was supposed to be in California. But Mm. at that time, when I was preparing for all of all of this, while what year working, was this? Sorry, if I'm not preparing. Oh my gosh, you're gonna reveal how no old worries. I am. I'm a Tita Ronster. If you're a Tita Jessica, we good. <laughs> that was two thousand um two thousand eight mm, two thousand nine. Um, I was on track to go to the US, right? Mm. Um, that's when I met Paolo. Mm, <laughs> that's the biggest I- nurse stealer. <laughs> In the Philippines, yeah, but I I met already Paolo and he was um an acquaintance. We had a common friend at that time. I but, thought he uh, was a patient at one point. <laughs> and, Just um, while actually, and this is how much I hustled. While I was a nurse, I was also the executive assistant to the CEO of Airbus. In oh the my god! How? I needed to earn salary because there, like what I said, as a nurse, you don't really earn almost like anything right I needed to hustle and on the side while I was an executive assistant I also taught um Korean children English what you did ESL as well yes I did ESL as well so um well not just kids actually even even older professionals I was teaching wait I want to deep dive paint that picture so you're being an RN you have shift sometimes it's your 16 hours how were you able to even be an effective EA to a CEO? I already moved from the government hospital to a right. longevity wow. clinic. Okay. So that was more like parang more pre premium type of customer. It's not like so crazy like the hospital. Got it. And so I was doing um part-time shift in teaching English okay. while um being a clinic slash receptionist at the Longevity Institute. Okay. And then um I was also executive assistant to the CEO during the day for eight hours. So my schedule was like I w- wake up at 4 a.m. and teach English very early in the morning okay. until around 8:30. And then I get to Makati to the clinic. Okay. Um, and then but eventually I quit the clinic stint to be a full-time executive assistant already because it. it was a quite busy um schedule of my CEO. But I loved it because that was my first time learning about the corporate environment. Like having a real corporate structure. It was a Franco-German company. It's located at the airport. And that's that's when I met Paolo. And then he poached me from that company. <laughs> so there's there's really a poaching that happened. 
Wait, I want to understand. Skill stack. I always talk about skill stack in this podcast, right? So again, hustle is already, CPAG is already ingrained with you early on through the family and you did it yourself. Discarded is already there, right? But being an assistant to the CEO, you cannot F it up, right? Because again, it's also Airbus, okay? There's only two companies that basically dominate the skies in the world. It's Boeing and an Airbus. Airbus is basically the one that have a puffy nose. You know, if you look at an airplane, the nose of an Airbus is puffy, right? The rotor of an Airbus helicopter is parang naka-side instead of paganon. Right. Mo siya bilog on the side, on the yeah, tail. Correct. So that's how you know it's an Airbus helicopter. Sorry, I, I keep flying a lot uh, to, to make boodle in the US. So that's why I kind of <laughs> know now. Like, what am I riding today? And is it an Airbus and a Boeing? Right. And yeah, okay. So that's also what I look when I'm just plane spotting when I'm... Uh, when I'm uh, in a big ass long or a long ass layover. Anyway, going back, what are the skills that you acquired to be an executive assistant that's effective uh, for a CEO? Yeah, I think it's also coming from being a nurse. Like you gotta be super, super organized because you're dealing with patients' lives. You gotta be on point all the time. You gotta be awake all the time. And I think that the CEO saw that, right? Like the how organized, highly organized I was, how um I was good at communicating, because it's a lot of stakeholder management and a lot of gatekeeping. Like I'm like the bulldog. Like you can't get to my CEO without getting through me first and stuff like that. So it's I would say it's not like directly related to nursing, but the skills overlap. Right. But what are the new skills that you acquired there? Oh, uh, oh my gosh. Understanding the corporate environment, dealing with different cultures, not just Filipino culture, different kinds of, it's a global company, right? And I learned how to um, manage regional stakeholders, European stakeholders. So dealing with, it's multicultural. And I think that helped me a lot in my Zadora state as well. All right. Now let's take our first break. And when we come back, we will now talk about how Paolo got you from the Airbus CEO. And we'll talk about it more after the break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. 
calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We're still with Jessica DeMessa, who then told us that she's now after the nursing hustle again, nothing but respect. Because if you can do, if you can be an effective nurse and a great nurse, you can be anything, to be honest with you. Right. And so it's just sad that the opportunities for a, a local nurse to thrive here are scarce. And our, our best nurses, I've have, I have family uh, all over the world that are their nurses, friends also. And again, I commend them. It's just sad that I'd love them to be here and serve here, but it's just, the opportunities aren't here. And again, you told us that you became an executive assistant to the CEO of Airbus in the Philippines. So again, you told us that during this time, you met a certain guapo guy. Paulie, <laughs> right? Um, was he an Airbus passenger at one point? <laughs> a certain guy named Paulo Campos. So how did you meet Pau and how did that turn? into joining him in Zalora. Yeah, Pao has been my mentor for the longest time and like I'm super grateful for that opportunity or else like I probably would not be here talking to you. Uh, no, you hustled for it. I'm pretty sure yeah. you, that's what you would tell. Yeah, I got sidetracked though, like totally different path. <laughs> but you know, sometimes that's what you gotta figure out, right? Sometimes you really like will find what you're looking for, what you want to do in the long term when you try different things. And I've always been open to that. As you can see, nurse, executive assistant, English teacher. I was trying everything out while I was young, right? And I met Paolo in 20, uh, before Zalora, like 2011. 2011 through a common friend his name is Anton um sadly he passed away already he was very young and i guess uh it was his birthday it was Anton's birthday um it was a celebration and that's when i met paulo and we started talking about we started talking about work <laughs> <laughs> like i think we're wired we're wired yeah. that way <laughs> I mean, what else are you gonna? What else are you gonna talk about? Planes? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we, we were talking about planes a lot. We were talking about three eighty um, Neo, the best one, sleep. Yeah, eight, the best Airbus. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, so I met him and he started talking about startups. Um, he started talking about this like new venture that he's trying to build, and I'm like. I don't even know what a startup meant. <laughs> like, like what? What, right. what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I, at that time, I was studying for my and my licensure exam. I mentioned in California. I was on track to go there. But then this opportunity that he was describing, which is in e-commerce and in fashion, very passionate about fashion there also. 
Um, and at that time, oh, another hustle again. Okay. I was building my own uh clothing brand. Like what? I would like on the side. Like I already developed the website. Okay. Um, I was an IT major as well, so I knew how to code. You were so, a nurse, and you knew how to code. How? how? Just, just... Oh, oh uh, so I I studied for a bit for three years in DLSU computer science, but I didn't uh, end up finishing it because I went into nursing. Wow. Because it, I, last year I went into nursing already, but I I did a lot of programming projects and and whatnot. So I was there for two and a half years actually. That's that amazing! Wow. Um, but I, I was already built. I was also, I, I love, I'm a girl. I love clothes. I love makeup. So as a young girl, you know, you you try. And I guess that, that entrepreneur, wearing that entrepreneur hat also, like I wanted to create like a small business for like clothing and stuff. And I was showing that to Paula. I was telling that to Paula when I met him. And he was like, maybe there's an opportunity because I'm planning to launch in the Philippines the, one of the first e-commerce um, startups in the Philippines. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Of course, Paolo's selling the idea very well. Ever the persuader. There you go. Mm. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try. And I was thinking, you know, okay, it's an entry-level role that he's offering me as a buying assistant in the merchandising department. Okay, easy. It's like, it's like okay, that's okay. That's that's doable. You know, a lot of encoding, a lot of doing purchase orders. So I tried it, thinking that it's just gonna be while I'm waiting for my exam. Okay. But then I ended up loving it. Like my <laughs> months in Zalora, I was like, "F this exam! I can do the exam any other at right. any other you know year. You know, I'm just gonna like keep going for it." And then. After a year, after a few years, I kept getting promoted within wow. the company. So I started as a junior buyer in the merchandising department, acquiring brands, making sure we have inventory enough inventory for a growing e-commerce startup. And I was employee number 13 in what? Zalora. Oh my God. So I was one of the first first assistants there. And then I got promoted, headed my own department. I launched the first um, marketplace model in Zalara, um, onboarding sellers, loading you know, their inventory on the back end, teaching them how to do that. And then that's um, after three years, my first three years in Zalara, Philippines, I got promoted again to sit in the Singapore office of wow. Zalara. So they basically wanted me to replicate what we did here in the Zalora Philippines marketplace and replicate that in other countries that um, the, the, the Zalora regional team managed. And then after a few years, got promoted again to be um, strategic partnerships manager, but this time based in London in the parent, parent company of Zalora, Global Fashion Group. Um, and I stayed there until um, we saw it the IPO through in um, it was like 2019. So we listed in the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. So I was helping the CEOs and my superiors um do a lot of cleanups, you know, corporate PR. I I did the corporate website for investors also for Global Fashion Group and um doing a lot of venture development also like um staying for months in India, in Russia, in Sydney, 
everywhere. <laughs> Just doing, replicating what we did in the Philippines into like other markets. Right, right. The rocket internet model of blitz, blitz, blitz scaling, blitz creaking, and everything. Yeah, like whatever's working, let's scale that. Whatever's working, let's try to replicate that and then scale that even more if it works in this particular venture. But of course, localizing a lot of things along the way. So I, I learned a lot about local cultures across the world also because because of that role in Global Fashion Group. And I had to manage, I was managing about 30 key accounts. What? Like I was the, you can think of it as like a global account manager for um, Nike, Adidas. I Man. was in Portland, in Germany, doing business reviews and all of that. So I was uh, learning a lot along the way. <laughs> okay, couple of things. I really need to understand this. Couple of things. In the early days of Zalora, can you describe the organized chaos that it was? And the second thing, because again, startups are organized chaos. If you're coming in through, so I, this is the narrative I want to play. So I love your story because a lot of the startup founders that I see come in to be a founder without bleeding as a member first. You know, uh, I forgot what I think Sea Turtles, uh, what oh, I was yeah. calling it, that you're a perfect yeah. example of a great Sea Turtle. That's someone who's already worked in the startup, literally ra- went up the, in the ranks you know, bled and sweated everything and until it was re- you were ready to become CEO, right? And, and be a founder. And you've earned your stripes. You don't have to, t- you, to tell it. You just look at the LinkedIn like, ah, oh, shit, this, guy, this girl earned it. But a couple of things. The organized chaos that, at the very start, because if you don't thrive in that, there's no upside at all. How did you adapt and thrive in that environment? And my second question is, how did you become so malleable that every single step and ladder you were able to accomplish because not everybody i mean in a startup that's the beauty of it right the sky's the limit you define your own role technically if you just hustle for it but not everybody gets to the top you did just find that that setting first and then how did you went from jump to jump to jump to country to country to country all the way to weird ass portland uh, i was just there earlier this year so <laughs> scary so time fun. Fun. Uh, scary now. Yeah. It's Portland is scary now. There's a lot of homeless. There's a massive homeless problem in downtown. But we'll talk about that in a different podcast. But okay, um, what is that starting point like? And how did you thrive from point to point to point? And describe the evolution of Jess, corporate Jess, along the way. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the motivation also, I think you got to be really motivated. Like you got to know what your why is and like every step that you make in your career, you got to make sure that it's a stepping stone to something bigger. So I always look at every role as if, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It's, you know, it's this is the job description, whatever, like when you get promoted or like somewhere else. And I always think about how important it is uh, this role is going to be for my future like is this going to be helpful for me and like looking back I'm seeing like oh it was all helpful for me to become a business owner an entrepreneur because that's always what I've wanted right and a lot of motivation there also because I on my mom's side I'm the breadwinner so I support a lot of, uh, well, my mom, 100%, my grandma at the time before she passed away and some, you know, 
tuition fees with relatives also like I, I help out my family a lot so I always have to keep moving forward like at the beginning when I was young it's survival mode like as in like I, I I'm it, there's no choice in my mind there's no choice for me but to do well but that also takes a toll on on you Ron right like you you also gotta be especially now that we're more mindful about our mental health I struggled a lot before because I had a lot of pressure, pressure on my shoulders, pressure from myself, especially to do well. Um, so I, I don't want to, I guess, give out that impression to listeners that you got to hustle this way. I think the mo- most important thing is that you assess, you evaluate it. Is it going to be helpful for you in the future? But at the same time, you got to Take care of yourself, put yourself first and foremost, because I struggled a lot in the past having this internal pressure to do really well. But at the same time, you know, thinking about it as stepping stones, like people you meet along the way, mentors that you seek out along the way. For me, I've always thought of that as very valuable. And now I can validate it's been very, very helpful to find the right mentors in different spaces, in different industries. So Paolo is one. Melanie Smallwood, my previous boss in Global Fashion Group, you know, 15 years at, ha- at Harrods, mm, uh, oh 30, 30 years in the retail industry, wow. British lady, um, worked five years in eBay, eBay Marketplace, five years in Harvey Nichols. So like when you meet people like that along the way, like Paolo, Melanie, Magnus Grimland, one of my mentors, he heads up Antler, big VC now. And Singapore. We, yep. In Singapore, we we worked together. He was my he was mine and Victor's boss before. Oh, <laughs> wow. So for me, like when you meet people that actually takes time to help you, takes time to guide you and mentor you, maybe see something in you, like take that, right? Because you got to also admit that no matter how hard you hustle, you don't know everything. So I think that that helps along the way, like that internal motivation. And of course, like a lot of help and guidance and admitting that you don't know everything. All right. Now (laughs) I want to understand Jess, uh, Okay, you mentioned there's a struggle, right? And struggle also, I I, I can relate so much because I'm the breadwinner, still am, and forever will be. But the breadwinner mentality, when you become a founder, it just gets magnified as well. It multiplies because now you're not just the breadwinner of your family. You're the breadwinner of all your employees' family. You make sure that everybody gets to eat, even if you're the one that doesn't even get to eat. Yeah. Right? Um. That pressure is not not for everyone. Again, I always say it in founders only in my thing that heavy is the head that wears the crown. And if you've never lived that before, it will be hard for you to understand the magnitude of that that weight. With that pressure, I need to understand also that on your end, for sure, you stumbled along the way with mistakes. What were the biggest mistakes that you uh, went along with during your corporate era? Because eventually we will go to talk about kindred and how that was that was born, right? Walk me through these in, in mistakes that really taught you the most, the best lessons, I guess, that you still carry carry now. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think as a corporate employee, we're so we're so wired this way that like we're always trying to meet targets, we're always trying to beat targets, and 
the way that I worked with my teams before were like, we're going to get there no matter how we get there, no matter what method or approach we're going to get to this level, these levels. Because now I'm like, you know, when I, it's very different now when I, when how I deal You've with mellowed it. mellowed down. Kindred team, I mellow down. Yeah. I, I don't think it's always right that you approach things even like in a aggressive way or an abra- abrasive way to get somewhere. I think there's always a right approach to everything, and that's what I've learned from my mentors who are super experienced. Also, like later in life, they mellowed down. Also, I think there's many ways to skin a cat. And it doesn't always have to be a traditional way. For me, kasi, the way that I've seen like other people work in a startup environment and a corporate culture is like it's mostly guys. And they have like they have a this typical approach that I needed to fit into. But now I realize like a lot of my strengths as a leader in the kindred team come from me being a woman, being empathic in a healthy way, um, approaching things the right way, the right way for our patients, the right way for our employees and our doctors. So I, and we're in healthcare, right? We're dealing with lives. We can't, in this setting, I've learned that we can't always like move fast and break things is what startups like. <laughs> no, there's you do that in spurts, not yeah. every time. Yeah, and right. in, in a lot of innovation, right? But I think like some it, the when I look at my younger self in a corporate environment, that's that's how I was wired. Fuck everything Ooh. else. <laughs> like fuck, like fuck everything else. I'll right. get there, no matter what, no yeah. matter how what tools I step on. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it is what it is, and that's what what you need to as a founder. Also, you you'll have to learn how to get things done. Because if you're going to be ambitious and you say, all right, you're going to be this type of startup and this is going to be your ambition, there are going to be some superhuman ways and for you to be able to get there. You have to have that trait. Because if, if, if you're a founder and you've never experienced balls to the wall, I don't care what it is, we're going to get there type of mentality and even to, to, to get to the results you need to be, you're going to struggle as a founder. Right, and you've done that as a uh, as obviously as a key employee. I always say it. I even did it in the, in my last talk in Ateneo, with when Rambo was there. Shout out Rambo. Oh, Rambo. And, hey. okay. I said that you know people over glamorize the role of Batman in a startup. That everybody should be CEO. No, because Batman got help, and for you to be a good Batman, sometimes the best route is for you. To become a good Robin Muna, a good apprentice, a good sidekick. Or it doesn't he even have to be Robin. You can be Alfred. You can be Batgirl. Yeah. You can be yeah. whoever, right? Yeah, work in the trenches before, right. before you start to be higher than that. Because right? if you're already used to that hustle, and it's just a matter of time till you say, all right, my turn to be Batman then, right? It's It's just so much easier. And again, Batman got help. He did not do it alone. He gets the glory when it's good, but he also gets the axe when it's bad. Right? And just, just quantifying that. Now, I want to understand the, the jump. So you went from literal Jupiter, a small-ass office, you went to BGC, and now this big-ass, humongous office. 
in the middle of MCX. It's so hard, uh, by the way. There's the biggest rotonda in the south. I live near in the south. I live in Cavite. So I see it every day when I go to Manila, right? Um, I want to understand a couple things, right? You, you've literally seen the growth of Zalora. And if you guys want to listen to how Zalora grew, unfortunately, I don't want to talk about that. We won't have the time to talk about that here. Listen to the Paolo Campos episode and to the Constantine Roberts episode. They described how they literally built the ecosystem before they went e-commerce. Because when they tried to do e-commerce, they realized that, oh my God, there's so many things that did not exist. They had to build that first before they thrive as an ecosystem. Okay, you saw that happen. But what was the pivotal point when you said, all right, I'm done being Bat- I'm done being Alfred. I'm done being Batgirl. I'm done being Robin. It's time for me to be Batman. Walk me through that process. And how did that turn into Kindred? Yeah, it was a very difficult conversation. A lot of difficult conversations. But you're used I, to that already in oh all over God. the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the reason why I was with Zalora and GFG for like over 10 years was that they were also very good at keeping people. Yep. They were also very, very good at retention and keep keeping their employees happy, especially the top performers. They reward them. Yep. So it was quite difficult. And uh this time when you know I was talking to Paula about like wanting to do something of my own, it was a very hard conversation because I knew that Paolo would of course and 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 um the regional uh, management as well would try to still like hopefully keep me happy right um but also paulo understood the ambition and that he understood what background i came from that i i am a healthcare professional and that that's the time that i said to paulo you know i've i've done a lot for the company already and i've um held the team throughout the pandemic right the pandemic was a significantly like high growth period for us which means more hustle like it, it was even like easier it was even like crazier yep. um it doesn't get easy right but i i i was telling to paulo you know reflecting about everything during the pandemic what i was seeing on tv in the news how i felt so guilty actually that i couldn't work as a nurse anymore uh, and i couldn't help with like the all of the things that were happening during covid i felt helpless i felt useless when i was a healthcare professional before but now i can't do anything i've been out of it for like the longest time and so i thought like well i could still help indirectly through kindred right through different healthcare solutions and that's how that's why we have also kindred now and also paolo introduced me to my co-founder her name is abet abetina valenzuela hi abet she's gonna listen to this also she's a super woman and so paolo kind of like okay i'm sad that you're leaving but at the same time you know i i believe that you will do well no matter where you go and here you go i'm gonna introduce you to this another amazing woman and i think you're gonna hit it off and we did um when I met my co-founder, Abed, the stars just aligned because she was talking about a lot of things or her own personal experiences. And I, we were exchanging those experiences and we thought, oh my God, it's a common problem that we want to solve. 
And she was actually at that time looking for a co-founder. Mm, perfect. So, but I thought that was scary though, Ron. Like I, I, I thought that was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I don't know why I'm gonna do this. Like, why am I gonna do this to myself? <laughs> like, like, pay cut, of course. Yeah. <laughs> big, big pay cut because I can't. And now you worry cut. about burn and payroll, which is the yeah, biggest fucking thing yeah, in the yeah. okay. I, What keeps me up at night is making sure that um, my employees will have a job in the yeah. long term. You're so funny. I'll just uh, go on tangent here a bit. A few days ago, Josiah Go, which I've had here on the show, the marketing guru, the world, the Philippine renowned marketing guru, asked a question on Startup PH. And he goes, uh, As a tech startup founder, what keeps you up at night? I answered it's simple runway and payroll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what keeps Dude, me up at night. If you're not worrying about runway and payroll, I don't know what's wrong with you. And yeah. there's so many people is like, man, that is, there's nothing more traumatic than <laughs> runway and prob- payroll problems. Oh, for sure. Oh, A I, lot. Sorry, I just went on tangent. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Because if you're not worrying about that, good for you. Because every one of us thinks about that day in and day out. So, Jess, I would just want to zero in before we take our last break. What is the main idea of Kindred? that you wanted to solve? Because again, we knew now that you are super ready. You're Hinog, technically. You've earned your stripes. This thing's personal to you. I can tell. I can already. I mean, for those people who are listening, if this, if it, you're not convinced that this thing is super personal with Jess, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. But this, <laughs> this, this was meant to be. It's similar to, it's akin to my, why I do fucking hustle share. This shit's personal to me. I want to tell these stories. I love putting all these amazing stories that are out there because founders need to learn about it. And more than the the hustle, it's it's the the learnings. And I learned now why this is so personal because when my co-founder passed away, that's the very first thing I, I, I realized that I'm so lucky that I got to immortalize his excellence. That, you know, whenever I just need to learn again from him, I just listen to the three episodes that I've had and this will outlive me. This is my ambag to fucking society. So no matter what happens to me, you have so far 251 episodes of Hustle Share, plus some in founders only. Now, you know, that startup PH is, is killing it, right? But for you, when you did this, describe to us the main vision because nothing will make you really jump if you weren't sure what you wanted to do. What yeah. was that picture in your head? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I'm a woman, so I go through what, what our patients go through at Kindred. I've, I've gone through them. I'm going through them, different type of issues, um, from family and friends experiences as well. But I think like, even before Kindred, um, I guess I've carried it with me also. Um, women's health issues is not, um, I'm, I'm not a stranger to it. For example, my my beloved aunt, um, she was a flight attendant. Um, I'm not gonna say what airline. <laughs> Muntik na, okay, wait, wait. As long as it's an Airbus, it's good. Okay. <laughs> okay. She was a flight attendant. Um, when she was in her early twenties, um, and then suddenly she's having a lot of gastric pains. She's oh, having no. a lot of abdominal pains, and 
she was dismissed by the the in-house clinic, the doctors in their in-house clinic. They have their own clinics there in the yeah. the airlines. <laughs> she they just said para kasi pag babae ka di ba parang pag may 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 masakit parang ORT lang or or baka peer period mo lang yan. They they parang disregarded it and just uh-huh. okay, you just have a t- tummy bug. Take this like just you know normal basic yeah. medicine for tummy ache. Mm-hmm. Um, yun pala when my grandma, the grandma I was talking about earlier, she, when she took her to see um uh, seek a second opinion and this this was also already in New York is stage 4 ovarian cancer oh my god um so miss misdiagnosed she was misdiagnosed we lost her after a few Sorry months about this but her siblings had to decide whether to pull the plug or not oh, because no. her organs have failed already so can you imagine you're a young healthy woman ha- having the best time of your life traveling around the world as a flight attendant and then you have stage 4 ovarian cancer na pala, which could have been detected earlier if we just listened to the woman's pains. And another example is, well, my grandma passed away during COVID, the grandma I was talking about earlier, my idol. During COVID, she passed away and I think this was these were the reasons also why I did a lot of reflection. I felt so helpless in those situations. My grandma passed away during COVID because she was getting treated for breast cancer. So she was in the hospital. Hospitals, eh, di ba pag may cancer ka, immunocompromised ka na. So kung yeah. pupunta, ka sa, pupunta ka sa facility na puro infect, infected with COVID, lagot ka talaga. Um, so that's what happened. Oh, no. And the, these are the things that our patients also tell us, like anecdotes from our patients, like, huh, sabi ng OB guy, Nico, pag pray ko na lang daw. That is fucked up. <laughs> or, um, sabi ng doctor ko, ah, a few weeks ago, Ron, um, someone was complaining to us kasi ang sabi daw ng doctor sa kanya, um, to avoid STIs, to avoid sexually transmitted diseases, mag-abstain ka na lang. <laughs> what? What if your boyfriend is hot? What are you, just kidding. Alright, but no. That's not it. 2023 20, na. Like, there's so many solutions. Celibacy is not an option anymore. Okay, I'm sorry. Alright. Okay. I don't need a practical advice or real, real world advice, right? Oh like you could God. actually prevent a lot of sexually transmitted infections. You could actually detect cancer way earlier and treat wow. it way earlier. So stuff like that, right? Like the problems we're thinking of at Kindred are real world problems that also affect mm-hmm. not just our patients. It affects us. It affects our family and friends. So I yeah. want to... Why can't we just build a solution for ourselves? So that's what we're doing. And the solution that you came up obviously is the kindred health thing. So obviously there's a tech play in it. Can you just describe quickly what you guys typically do yeah. in the kindred uh, platform? Yeah. So we we support women's health goals. We're a women-centric clinic because we are the part of the population that are underserved when it comes to healthcare. Got it. 
Um, <laughs> reproductive health, especially, it's not uh, not a typical conversation with the doctor because of the stigma and the taboos around it. So, what we try to do in Kindred is, aside from providing those healthcare services, what we're trying to do and part of our core mission is to open up that conversation because no matter how amazing your services are in your hospital or clinic. If there's not a good level of awareness and acknowledgement about what we're lacking and where the gaps are and and a lack of education as well, then it's hard for a woman to even think about going to a clinic. We don't like going to the doctor, right? So we're trying to provide a safe space that's not intimidating, that you actually want to talk to a doctor, that you actually want to get checked and get, get ahead of whatever it is that you're trying prevent. So we want to transform healthcare in the Philippines with a hybrid approach and that's where the tech play comes in because we have a physical clinic. One for now, we're planning more clinics. Where is it? Oh, we're, um, our, our first clinic is in BGC and Sarandra and now we're in the process of building our Quezon City There clinic. you go, QC represent. There you go. Where in QC? Yeah, um oh, well we're we're in the process okay, of selecting we, have a, we, have, a short, we <laughs> have a short list, so uh, but we I think we found it. I think we found a really, really good nice. space. It's, it's in the heart heart of QC near near major hospitals as well. I, I'm a QC boy, so I know every uh-huh. crevice of the scout area to to Banawe to uh-huh. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you later. Okay. Ron. Later. Sorry if you if you're a hustle share premium listener, just like Gab here, who's been listening the whole time, you will know. Okay. So if you want to learn, <laughs> subscribe to the hustle share premium membership of premium.hustleshare.com. Thank you for letting me plug. <laughs> okay. But so that we so we're running virtual clinics. Okay. That's the tech play. We have telehealth, teleconsult. We are on web mm. and app, iOS and Android as well. You can you can check us out? But that's virtual. That's like consulting. Okay. That's like talking to the doctor. But we realize, and that's how we started. Mm-mm. But we realize we can't be a pure play like health. There need check. to be tests. Yeah. There needs to be con- continuity in care is very important for our healthcare professionals because even if you see them for consult, do we like going back? We don't like going back to the doctor, right? So So in terms of patient adherence and patient compliance, meaning sinusunod ba nila yung prescription, sinunod... Kung sinabi ng doctor kailangan pa ultrasound, kailangan mo pa-pap smear, kailangan mo ng birth control pills, sinusunod ba natin yun? Most of the time, hindi. Compliance rates usually even in the US are very low because patient behavior, it's patient attitude. And for us, we need to solve that problem because we can't do everything online. If we're able to treat them physically as well, yung mga ultrasound, any kind of therapies, we're able to complete that care cycle and control the patient experience end to end. And that's how we're going to change things, actually. All right. Now, let's take our last break. And when we come back, we will now talk about how you were able to scale Kindred and how you were able to get the $1 million. And of course... Our Hustle Share Premium member, Lifetime and Extraordinaire, Gab Abbott, has some questions. Also, 
for just before we wrap this baby up. But we'll talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. 
Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back in the break. We are still with Jess, who then told us uh, how she built Kindred and why she built Kindred, right? And I'm very, very familiar about this problem because sometime 2018, right? Um, during my second startup, Chatbot PH, literally after it got acquired, one of our very first uh, clients was this, this nonprofit called Likaan. And they asked us to build a women's health chatbot. For the very same problem that they're trying to, they're the nonprofit. I remember the one that funded the the chatbot platform was the Canadian Embassy. Very random. Why is the Canadian Embassy? But again, we get it. But when when I understood the problem, you're totally right. There's just so much stigma and so much misinformation or lack of information at all. When say urban poor kids, like oh my god, I I miss my my regla three three months now. What do I do? You know, because there's a stigma. You don't know what to do. And you, you've mentioned already how extreme things can be done if you're just self-healing that. The bot, I saw the, 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 the of course, I'm not going to go into detail, but that avenue where you can just have that ability to say, hey, this exists, can literally save lives, especially young women who don't know how to handle. Because even, I, I, I even remember certain instances where I have four kids. I think I'm pregnant again. Again, lack of information, family planning, or even just access to contraceptives or access to good old condoms that can can literally change uh, lives. So I understand this very well. But in order for you to solve this problem, it's huge. You needed to create a great team. So two things I want to know. So you took the plunge, right? All right, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. How did you get the resources, right? And number two, how did you build the team when you found out, you, when you had a co-founder already? Yeah. Um, well, how do, I, how do I say this in a nutshell? There's so many things that have happened in the last one and a half years since we started Kindred, but it was very important for me that we onboard the right people, the right doctors, we have, um, I guess you could think of our team in Kindred as like two segments, the business people and then the medical people. So it was hard, of course, to find the right people. I think until now, it's always hard, right? Yeah. Like I think for any company, talent, finding the right talent is always like one of the main challenges and as a founder that's always going to be a challenge for you yep. people is always like top of your priority because your your organization will only you're only going to be as good as your team mm. and the people that you work with so first we needed to find the right doctors wow doctors that are part of our team and doctors who are affiliates to help us with capacity a lot of learnings there because in Kindred, we're trying to provide quality care, right? Like we're trying to change the game, right? Mm -hmm. So we just can't like onboard anyone. 
So what we did was we created a program internally for our doctors where, of course, they're qualified. Of course, they got to have a light active license and they got to be practicing and everything like all of these credentials. But we realized that we still needed to, I guess, train them in a kindred way. And with a kindred way, like what I'm saying earlier is it's got to be a safe space. You got to be gender sensitive, sensitive to the culture. You got to make sure that you make them feel at ease because uh, to be honest and to be frank, not all doctors are like that, right? So we needed to really like filter, screen everything, go through all of these interview processes. And then on the business team, ang kalaban ko naman is other startups because they pay more. Of course. <laughs> Without like, naming names. And they have most of them. <laughs> a lot of money too. And they have a lot of funding. And we started with an initial like runway of like uh, ilang million pesos, but like 5 million pesos. What? 100K only? 100, 100K. Yeah. Wala pa kami 1 million. So, oh my God. 100K get us, right? Like, in terms of, like, establishing the business. So, we were a really lean team with mostly interns, mostly part-times, mostly contractors, um, until we were able to actually hire full-time people. So, as a founder, I think you always have to be willing to do the work yourself and be very hands-on because also that's what you want because you want to be in the nitty-gritty at the beginning so you can set up your team for success. So, but yeah, main challenge is always for me like finding the right people and putting them in the right place where they're going to thrive also. And what I like now about our team, we're now 35 full-time wow. employees. Wow. Um, of course, yeah, payroll is our biggest expense. <laughs> um, yes. But, but like this team is also like managing the clinic and seeing, yep. seeing patients, um, doing a lot of business development, digital marketing, um, running our mobile app and everything. So even within our current team of 35 right now, we're still double hatting, triple hatting in some areas. Um, so very lean, very effective team. But what I love about this team is that the medical professionals are learning from the business professionals. And the business professionals are learning from the doctors and the nurses. It's like there's like an exchange of knowledge, a transfer of knowledge. And um, what I hear from our doctors sometimes is that they, because some of them are still practicing in major hospitals, uh, some hours in their own clinics as well. And they tell us, oh, look, I'm so proud because I was bragging about this with uh, my other doctor colleagues that I know how to use Notion. I know how to wow. use, <laughs> like, I, I know how to use like different project management tools because the, the business team taught me this and that. And so like parang word, it's like a new breed of techie doctors. <laughs> and then the business team naman, they know how to like, they know the basics of like the different health concerns that we have to with our patients so i'm glad the synergies are going that way oh and that that's exactly the same synergy that happened to you years before blending <laughs> medic med, medical and then business all of a sudden you have a kanban of cpr uh okay. professionals <laughs> let's do a sprint on uh on how we will operate this uh this uh ligation uh, strategy that we will <laughs> And but but honestly, like at the beginning, they were all scared because 
they, like you have that parang like they have this parang confidence thing and like an imposter syndrome that oh I'm I'm a digital marketing expert I'm not a healthcare professional and then they realize you don't have to be a healthcare professional to be a good marketer of healthcare for example like but you gotta you can learn internally so we were trying to cultivate that internal learning and development called culture also para they're learning from each other okay last two questions before I pass this on to Gab all right second to last question is from that point where you're able to build a team how are you able to build scale because it's that's the prep that you need to get the jaker the hockey hockey uh, the hockey stick before you can unlock. My second question is, how did you get the $1 million? Okay, how did you build the the, the, the scale-up? And how I'm pretty sure you used old tricks that you used oh. in Zalora. And there are new <laughs> tricks too. But what did, what did you do to scale-up? Yeah, de- definitely utilizing technology and leveraging on technology. Very important. Which... A lot of healthcare companies do not do. We are still pen and paper. <laughs> um, but in Kindred, um, we you know we made sure that operationally we're efficient so that we can focus on the right things. And using technology is a big part of that. For example, we have an electronic medical record system in the back end where we keep every data of our patients secure. Um, in a compliant way also and also enabling our doctors and nurses in the back end to coordinate and collaborate because if we're gonna stay in a traditional like hospital traditional clinic way of doing things writing everything paper we're not gonna get anywhere <laughs> so even the basics right and our EMR electronic medical record system the reason why we set it up is we can also collaborate with other um, companies that are that have an open API that we can integrate with so that we can, you know, bato mo yung labs, kailangan blood work, ganyan, um, different diagnostic tests, for example, so that we can collaborate with our third-party um, affiliates also. Um, and at the same time, uh, part of that path to growth in, our, in this very early stage of our company, we're only like one and a half years old, right? So I wouldn't say that we're a mature startup not at all mm-hmm. we're in this like very nice early growth stage mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe the calm before the storm i don't know but... <laughs> Hi. it just yeah, gets I'm, harder i'm sorry to burst your bubble it gets harder you, know, you mm-hmm. always get i always have to to remind the team that like yeah we're like nice early success but it's gonna get harder right so it's important for us at this stage to really find um, and to prove to potential investors that it's it's worth it because we're finding this product market fit with women who are in need and proving that through our growth traction, especially in the early days, that there is appetite for women's health is what we've been trying to prove. And we're able to prove that with the number of patients we have, our month-on-month growth, looking at the long-term opportunities as well, looking at different revenue models, making sure that we not only, I guess, that we are also testing, a lot of A-B testing, a lot of experimentation in the early days that will be hard to do later. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're more established. So when the potential, when the investors saw that, um, that's how we were able to secure funding. <laughs> there you go. But um, again, and- let's talk about the 1M now. It's not as easy. Oh, you, we did A-B testing. We were able to do month-on-month growth, right? There's a real hustle in fundraising. And 
now one million dollars as a seed. This is your seed, right? Is it your seed or your pre-seed? Yeah, it's our seed round. It's right? our first. one million seed. That's unheard of in the Philippine startup ecosystem now, and I'm I'm so happy that you're 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 now raising that bar. That just in order to unlock the ambition, you need the right resources to get there. And you've seen this before. Again, we're working with Zalora. You know how much you need. Because so a bunch of that money actually is going to go to people. You raise money not because, you, oh, yeah, I just have X amount of money. You flex it on LinkedIn and you, you think you're a superstar. You, you use that as your resources. So number one, the very first thing you need to raise money for is you need to be able to hire great talent. And the great talent don't come cheap. No. So I, Nah, if you want to get superstars, you got to pay the bill. Number two, of course, you have to stay in the runway. Number three, you have to invest in tech. It's so expensive to invest in tech. Oh, marketing pa, right? Just so you think that $1 million is a shit ton of money? If you you spreadsheet it out, nah, it is scary there. So how were you then able to convince the the investors and give the, just give us the skinny version of how you're able to unlock 1M. What did it take and what was the strategy you used? I needed to make sure that I show them like the ambition, right? The long-term roadmap, like in terms of use of funds, how many clinics will this take us to get to this type of revenue, for example? Um, And for example, okay, what kind of talent, what kind of people you need? So you quantify that. At the same time, I needed to demonstrate that we're going to invest in the right marketing channels, for example. So just making sure that like, I had a solid plan. And at the same time, while showing those plans, I'm proving it already with a small pool of patients, for example. And the most important thing for me and what I've learned throughout this fundraising journey is looking for the right people also. Like, I, there's a lot of I think there's like less startups that are worth investing versus how many investors are out there looking for like the right startups. So if you think your startup or your idea is very, very valuable and will really make an impact and that you really believe in it, then you also got to make sure that you are partnering with the right investors, right? Like you got to be picky, like... I think at the beginning when, you know, when investors like share, okay, this is how much we're willing to invest. It, it's easy to get starry eyed, but you have to remember that you also have to be selective about who you partner with. If you're in, if your startup is really doing well, then you can actually, you know, <laughs> so you got to make sure your startup is doing well for you to be picky. But, but if you're at that, point then you gotta make sure your 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 investor believes in your mission that the people that you're talking to will support you not just once but like it really believes in the long-term vision of of your company Uh, and at the same time that you gotta think about it like a marriage right like you're getting in bed with someone you gotta make sure that you you like them and that you trust each other also. So I, I needed to make sure that the, the people that um, are investing in Kindred is actually on the same page with me and Abed, that um, that they're going to be there in the long term and that they're actually going to add value and help the company, not just 
you know, not just in terms of the money, but be, beyond capital as well, like lending their expertise and whatnot. So I think if you're enjoying that stage where you can actually select, like you should, because <laughs> it's a long-term partnership, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, before we wrap this baby up, we need to pay it forward. And uh, he's waited in this thing for a long time, but I'm pretty sure just like always, he will have amazing questions. So again, let's give it up to our Hustle Share Premium Lifetime member, uh, Gab Abbott. So Gab, thanks again. Ha- happy to see you back uh, joining us in recordings. Um, you have questions for Jessica. Hi, Hi hello. hello. Yeah, thank you, Ron, for that very wonderful introduction. <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot of questions for Jessica, but actually I, I, I trimmed it down. I'll give you three, okay. I'll give you three, okay. Because if not, it will be a, it will go over time now. She still has a husband to meet after this. Okay? Right. Yeah. So okay. yeah, first is um being multi-passionate can be unsettling because um hearing your your journey from being a nurse to being a startup founder. So you can you can get so multi-passionate about things. You can try too many things without getting burned out. And but I I was just wondering like with all the leaps you made, what made you feel that this is it? Here's the time. Not not gonna jump ship. It's this 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 path, this this undertaking is gonna be it. Yeah, I actually, you know, felt that especially like in the last few months when we were we started seeing a lot of patients already, and we realized, oh my gosh, they're counting on us. Like the patients are counting on us. With as in literally, we're we're taking care of of their health, their lives, and at the same time, the employees who are taking care of their own families, also like what Ron and I were talking about earlier. It's that responsibility that like makes me that keeps me going, and that's also what makes me think that this is going, this is it, because ah, uh, this is always what I've wanted to do, right? Is to help people. And to um, potentially save lives and prevent prevent illnesses. So I guess I've come full circle at the same time. Um, you know, I got sidetracked, right? But like coming full circle makes me realize also like, okay, there's a reason why it's a circle. There's a reason why I keep coming back to this. Um, and that that's what makes me feel also that this is it. This is where I need to be. And this is where I can add a lot of value in terms of helping with nation building in the Philippines. I love it. All right. Your second question. Yeah. yeah, second question. Um you actually mentioned how this is your form, your way of helping. This is where you're you're meant to be. So I was just asking this for the people also listening to the to the podcast who would want to get into the field of medical basically. Like if if to all the listeners out there who, who wants to start like a business in the med field, what can be a piece of advice you can give? Check your BP. <laughs> <laughs> your oximeter like this. Oh, there you go. Just kidding. Yeah. I think in, in if we're talking about the medical, I think in general, like in any industry, it's important that like what I was saying earlier, before you dive into it, you got to make sure that it's absolutely something that you want to do. But in, in the healthcare industry in particular, just a more practical advice is that you got to make sure you know the regulatory and compliance 
requirements of everything that you want to do because when in, in the healthcare setting you're dealing with lives right like what i was saying earlier you in in this type of health tech startup you can't move fast and break things you gotta comply you gotta know how to work with government agencies aside from of course working with like business counterparts and investors and whatnot you gotta make sure that you are a super compliant company in in healthcare so that uh to watch out for the longevity of the business also you gotta make sure you're in there for the long term right yeah that's a very helpful tip for for um other aspiring founders as well and i think the last question is um is a continuation of this second so you you mentioned the the compliance the legalities of it that like dealing with professionals in, in the medical field and not just the medical field like if you're a a, a startup founder in in construction let's say there's just so many things that you you need to 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 know to to to, and actually, I'm in that in that field at the moment, so that's what I'm building. Watch out, towards. guys! And, yeah, um, founder Gab is coming out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, and then shout out to to my future incubator as well. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I got sidetracked. But this is naman a question to for the the founders who are starting their their um own startups already, like not just aspiring, but and dealing with professionals aside from compliance and the legalities of their industry what else like what other helpful tips can you can you give yeah. them as a as a as a successful starting founder yourself? yeah definitely um like what rod and i were talking about <laughs> earlier like you gotta make sure that your runway is long enough <laughs> for sure so that's Ooh. the more practical advice like keep, keep your pnl clean right like reduce a lot of costs because sometimes like we get too excited, right? Especially when you're like funded for the first time. You're like, ooh, let's do this, let's do that. Like as a founder, you have to make sure that you're in control of your financials, um, that you keep your PL clean. Um, make sure that of course the people who are working with you understand where we're at, like be very transparent with them about where we're at. Otherwise, you know, it's hard to control spending, right? Like there's so many, so many, oh, let's go, let's, let's move into this office or like, oh, like we need this type of partnership. Like we got to give them incentives. Let's do Team programs. party in yeah, silo. <laughs> I know, I know we want to build a great culture, right? But it doesn't mean that you always have to spend. So like just being mindful of your spend and your monthly burn and make sure that you're always able to forecast it and predict it. Because a lot of, a lot of majority of the startups fail because, well, um, if it's not about the organization, if it's not about the founders giving up, a lot of the reasons are because they run out of cash. And that's one of the top, top reasons how, why startups fail. And it's kind of inevitable, Gab. I'll just add into this. Everyone will face it. The short runway problem. Because if you're if if you have too much runway, right? That means you're not building fast enough, right? You're too slow. And again, uh, a tech startup, what distinguishes versus a traditional business is that you you want to achieve a lot in a short short amount of time. So it's you have to really invest uh, resources unless you really have good product market fit now and you're drinking off of a fire hose that you have, you've sold so many things. But I, I cannot even name 
in one hand how many startups are like that. And it takes time for you to get to that level. So cash is king. But if you get to that level where you are struggling for a runway, it's really just a medal of you as a founder. You have to get creative. Make, make, make cuts if you can. And then find a way to make money and survive. Cockroach yeah. startup mode. Yeah, and I just wanted to add to that, Ron, a super important topic because for startups, I think it's important that you all, like sometimes we get excited by like thinking about the ideal scenario, the ideal process, but for you to be like, for example, like, oh, let's have this cost CRM tool to make our lives easier, to make everything integrated and consolidated. Sometimes we come from that, like because we've experienced it before, how to optimize processes through like paying for more things, right? But sometimes we got to step back and think about, okay, maybe there's some operational inefficiencies that we can actually avoid buying a tool and maybe just tweaking our processes in the right way. Or maybe finding workarounds a lot, like we like workarounds. Um, so sometimes you think of an ideal scenario first in your mind when you actually have as a founder, you have to think, start from like what is the most practical, minimum, like viable setup, whatever that, we, that is, that we can do before we actually spend more on this. So right. yeah. So yeah. it's it's actually discipline. Financial discipline that you need to exercise. Because again, and a lot of it is going to be trade-offs. In a perfect world, if, if money is not a problem, man, all of our startups are going to be state-of-the-art, state great, you know, have all the right resources. But the type of the decisions that you will make as a founder and the type of prioritization, at the end of the day, I don't care what it is, our, 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 as, as a founder, your main objective is on the 15th and on the 30th, your guys should be paid. Again, thank you very much, Gab, and thank you very much. Yes, it was such an amazing, amazing episode. But before I let you go, I know this is just a start. We'll definitely have you back. There's a continuation to the story, and hopefully you'll be down again to guess on the next podcast, our new one called Founders Only, where Gab was also there in person. Okay, it's a video podcast now. But invite people over. What's next for you guys in Kindred? And what, if they want to reach out to you, where do they go? And how do they do that? Yeah, um, well, actually, this month of August, we're celebrating Immunization Month. So we're having a lot of promos to protect yourself against HPV or um, the virus that causes cervical cancer. So check out. That's our way of helping also our patients to save more money as we do a lot of promos. So check us out on social media. It's at MyKindred on IG and MyKindredPH on TikTok. And at the same time, our website, www.mykindred.co, or you can download the Kindred app on iOS and Android. And if you want to visit us physically in the clinic, our first clinic is in the second floor of Surendra Mall in BGC. So hope to see you there. That near Mamu. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Mamu is uh, Mamu and Twenties is my landmark there all the time. All right. But again, thank you very much, Jess. But before I let you go, follow us on the whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify or any type of podcast app. And if you did see some five star, give us a five star. Let us know what you think. And if you also missed out on some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And just like our Poggy Hustle Share Forever Premium listener, 
like Gab Abbott, again, if you want to be part of our recordings just like him, you may join at premium.hustleshare.com. And again, Jess, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, Gab. And I'm glad we finally got this done. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.